Welcome to this Perceptive Readers Podcast. Hi, I'm James Lynch. Welcome to the Perceptive Readers, everyone. And this is a Sunday thought that I wanted to share with you this week. And it happens to pertain to Solomon, King Solomon. Now, a lot of you uh, who are into uh, reading and gaining a bunch of knowledge about uh, persons like uh, Solomon, and you could name many uh, poets yourself, and also <laughs> other sages, if you will, uh, that you can just, man, uh, mention from time to time, uh, different ones' names, their abilities, and things that they said, and things that they did. And I know Solomon, even though you may not, some of you uh, mention him as much, I know you have some respect uh, for the knowledge that the man uh, had, uh, even if there is a disagreement of exactly where that knowledge and wisdom uh, came from. You see, uh, the knowledge and wisdom that uh, Solomon had, uh, it was a gift from God. And see, and once he poured his Holy Spirit on him in that way, of course, Solomon was able to go about life and find out a lot of things on his own. He got to experience things to the max and to the full. And, you know, he wrote down his different um, sayings and wisdom in the book of Proverbs and also Ecclesiastes, you see, um, some very applicable principles throughout the whole book, those two books right there. Now, what I want to talk to you about is uh, not focusing in on his wisdom and his smarts, but really the benefit that came from his God-given wisdom and smarts, you see. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a background, see, who was King Solomon's father? Well, it was actually King David. And a lot of persons know about King David and respect him. And the thing about it is, though, King David had, as God said, or called him, a man who was agreeable to his heart. But guess what? Uh, King David, in order, you know, um, to take, you know, the kingdom that God had anointed him for, it was coming from, you know, a, a bad king before him. Um, and so, you know, that bad king just wasn't going to uh, give it up without a fight, as they said. So um, as David was patiently, you know, waiting to, uh, you know, be anointed where he was anointed, but then actually given that kingdom, uh, there was a lot of trials. He was on the run. And then even after he had to, you know, uh, the kingdom was given to him, then there were also battles here and there. And so some would look at David as a man of war, you know, 
Um, even though the battles that he was fighting, um, again, some people uh, would rightfully say, well, he was protecting God's land, his throne, you see. And so they were, you know, holy wars and, and you know, he had God's backing at times, you know, to defend himself in that way and to also go on an offense uh, when necessary. Uh, but there was a lot of um, more than bickering and trouble going on in that kingdom of David, you see. However, keep in mind, that no matter what mode David was in as a warrior or as a king or even as um, a poet, a uh, harp player or what have you, the whole man, see, he was not the sum of his parts. Every bit of him made up that whole man and that whole man was agreeable to the true God's heart, even with all, you know, the mistakes that he made at times. And so his heart was in the right place. Now, with that being said, David had great appreciation and gratitude for the true God. And he wanted to do wonderful things for the true God to show his appreciation for him, even to make him a house, a huge temple, temple that would be unlike anything on the face of this earth. That's how big his heart was towards God. And guess what? Uh, he told God that's what he wanted to do. God knew he wanted to do it. But you know what God told him? And see, and this is very important. And remember, we're going to take this over to Solomon and his wisdom and everything that when David wanted to build God a house here on earth, this magnificent <laughs> tip, you know, I just want to use that because it talks about it in Revelation, but really, you know, it's an immaculate house. And even, uh, you know, sometimes I look at those pictures that I even share from time to time on my networks of these uh, billionaire um, homes and <laughs> and the architecture. And I mean, just marvelous artwork. I mean, the creativeness and, and the, the way that these persons' minds think, these architects and the way that they put it all together. I mean, I just, I just love it. I just say, man, this is just art. I mean, just art, but all the same, you know, uh, with the technology and the know-how and everything of that day, David was still going to make God, the true God's house, the best, the most magnificent thing on the face of this earth. That's what he wanted. Well, God knew that and God appreciated it. But guess what God had told him? He said, you know, you do have uh, too much bloodshed on your hands. So see, because remember, there was a part of David that he was a manly person of war you know he had to fight those battles for different reasons and uh and there's some other reasons behind that too as far as why god said that you know he had you know blood on his hands you see so here's the thing god still told him you won't build my house 
but your son will. And I will bless your son. You see, and here's the thing. King David's reign was one of, you know, a lot of bickering, battles, war, and, and things of that nature. And of course, they had still in between times those good and wonderful festivals and things of that nature. So you could see that people were still, you know, enjoying themselves. But yeah, it was like they were always on the defense almost as well, too, at times. But here is the thing. When Solomon was born, see, not only did Solomon show the right attitude as being, I'm talking about this is now, you know, him being anointed as king and everything. They show the right attitude, but he just said, look, just give me understanding to be able to lead your people, you know, to take care of your people. And because God had gave him the choice, you know, he could either have riches, you see, if he wanted to, um, um, you know, he could he could do anything. He could ask God for anything. But this is what he asked for. He ended up asking just for wisdom to take care of God's people. And so what ended up happening is uh, God gave him all of that, uh, that and riches and more. And the thing that I want to share with you, what Solomon's reign uh, helps show us in the Bible is what you hear me talk about so much when I say living forever, how will it be? You know, what will the earth be like? Solomon's reign shows that people will be happy, people will be secure, people will be prosperous. Seriously. Um, that's what that wisdom and knowledge of God does for people. And I just want to uh, tell you, when you get a chance, read 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. And in verse 20, it says, Judah and Israel were many as the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And then you find out in verse 21, the borders that even Solomon's kingdom had. You know, they were actually a boundary was Egypt. Now, many of you know about Egypt. And, you know, I got to make this joke because some of you are talking all the time about, you know, this knowledge in Egypt and this. Oh, I tell you what, I bet you they picked up a lot still from Solomon, though. <laughs> Go find that in history books. No, but all the same, that's just a sad thought. But also in First Kings chapter uh Four verse 25 and notice this and Judah and Israel dwelt safely every man under his vine and under his fig tree from Dan even to Beersheba all the days of Solomon and so again I want to share this with you because Solomon's reign see it was peace see David was a man of war. <laughs> you see, head blood on his hands, as God said. But he wanted Solomon not to have any wars at all, because what does that tell you? He wanted everybody to see, see, here is a peaceful man, a peaceful king, hasn't heard a fly, 
so you will. Or, you know, so you know, uh, sort of use that expression expression there. And he also has my God-given wisdom upon him. So there will be peace. The land will be prosperous and you will be in security. See, uh, talk about, you know, sometimes people say, uh, <laughs> say that, you know, it's the way the perception and, and other words, you know, to describe, uh, does all the right parts or uh, objects fit into what a perfect kingdom looks like, what a perfect world looks like. Well, guess what? What God did with King Solomon reign, he showed that. And see, and in the history of what's written in the good book, it says the people were happy. They were merrymaking. They were secure. They felt pretty good in their quality of life. And like many of the things that's written in the Bible uh, for our encouragement and hope, God is saying when he once again wants his, you know, house to be built again, because, you know, he stays in heaven, but, you know, a representation or what have you, a, a, a wonderful place or whatever, the tent to be with mankind again, you know, we know it's going to be peace, uh, peace on the earth, uh, peace uh, and security uh, with talking with one another and getting along. Um and on top of that, uh, just think, all of this will last forever and ever and ever where no one will die at all. And the ones who have died, you know, um, in ignorance and, you know, and other things that God just knows about. Because remember, he's he's the judge. Uh, he'll be bringing many of those back to be upon this uh, peaceful, wonderful planet of ours. So I just wanted to share it with you um, as a Sunday thought. And um, you just have a, a wonderful day and keep doing the best uh, that you can. Take care. You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality.